everyone, welcome back to Connected. As promised, I'm providing you with some prayers that you can use for protection, as well as a couple of other ways that you can use for your own personal protection. Remember in some of my other videos where I talked about how to raise your vibrational frequency, we talked about the aura, the auric field, and the white light that you can use for protection. This is going back to the video I did on Stepney Cemetery where the Warrens are buried and Union Cemetery, where I talk to you about how it's safe to really protect yourself when you're in any sort of cemetery. I know some of you watching this channel might be in interested in your own type of ghost hunting, things like that. Always protect yourself. And also with that, you know, before you do any of these types of things, you should be doing research, extensive research. For instance, if you find a place that you think is haunted and you want to go with a bunch of your friends, and you don't have any experience, really do a lot of research on this ahead of time so that you know what you're in for and it's pretty deep. So it's nothing you should really be messing around with for many, many reasons. But if you want to learn your lessons on your own, it does not hurt to protect yourself. So if you did watch the videos on the cemeteries and the Warrens, you might have already heard this before, and I know I told you. One of the best ways that you can protect yourself, especially if you're feeling like you're under attack, spiritual attack, psychic attack, or you feel a presence from the other side that's negative. The best way you can do it, especially if you can't recall any prayers on the fly or any other type of thing that you go to, is to just imagine yourself surrounded by that white bright light. And remember, they call it the Christ light. So if, if that's not of your faith, that's fine. The white light is really just a high vibrational frequency light. We use it, we channel it, a lot of healers do it, alternative healers, we channel white light through us in order to help heal through, that's what we do with Reiki, other type of energy work, it's the same thing. But when you're trying to raise your vibrational frequency, so if you haven't seen those videos, I would go back and check it out. Raising your vibrational frequency will pull naturally more and more of that white light into your aura for protection. So it's good to just imagine this. Remember, if you go there in the mind, you go there in the body, you go there in your soul journey. An easy way to start, an easy way to imagine this if you really can't at first, yourself in a bubble of white light. I had mentioned that if you clasp your thumbs and your middle fingers together, it looks like an infinity symbol or a figure eight. So you can hold on tight and just simply imagine that that's creating a gold chain around the center of your body. And once you can imagine yourself wrapped around with this gold chain going around you, you can then fill that chain up with the bright white protective light. So now you're in an egg, you're in a big bubble of white light and nothing can touch you, nothing can hurt you. You are in charge, always. Remember this, you should say this to yourself. I am in charge of my own soul. I am in charge of my own physical body and nothing can harm me without my permission. And you should know this. So this is really gonna help you get started and just knowing these little tips and tricks 
you know, they're going to see this the other side if something was planning on attacking or causing some problems. They see our auras. They can see the energy around our bodies. And if we're emanating this bright white protective light, then 10 to 1, they're going to stay away. And I'll get more into this when I start talking to you about demonology. So that's what I'm saying. Remember, study, research, learn to help raise your vibrational frequency, but it also helps you with anything you're doing so that you don't inadvertently call evil or negative entities into your life. Blanket statement. (laughs) So I will be sharing out the prayer of exorcism that you can use. I'm going to give you a caveat with that as well as the prayer of St. Michael and two additional psalms that are personally my favorites. I'll do the psalms in a different video. I'm going to try to separate this, but I wanted to give you this little introduction about protection before I do the reading of the prayer of exorcism, which I will include verbatim in this video down below. So this way you can go ahead and you know, take it verbatim so it's not just you playing a recording of me saying the prayer of exorcism. (laughs) Um, Because remember, we are in charge of our own lives. (sighs) Okay, so getting to the idea of the prayer of exorcism and the prayer of St. Michael. St. Michael invoking him, I'm going to start with the easy. Whenever you're afraid, just like the white light, I always go to Saint Michael. I go to the Archangel Michael because he's the one that battled the devil and he is really good at helping to protect you in your times of need in facing the demonic. Now when we start learning more about energy and how energy can be in more than one place at more than one time, again you'll start to learn that time in their dimensional realms doesn't exist in the same way as ours. So people in the, in the spirit world, like if even you ask like your own personal guides or people that you know that are on the other side, they're protecting you. You can call on them for protection as well. But the angels are a lot more powerful to invoke when you're dealing with something like the demonic because they have the power that's equivalent And even stronger with the power of God and Jesus behind them to push the demonic out and to cast it out in Jesus' name. But again, you can invoke these angels at any time that you feel fear because Michael can be with you no matter where you are in the world at whatever time. All you have to do is ask. You have to be able to ask for help. It's not just something bad happens to you and you didn't ask. You have to give them permission to step in and help you. Just like when I said that you are in charge of your own body and things that might try to hurt you from the other side are attachments. You are the only person that can tell the darkness to go away. You can invoke something like the Archangel Michael. You can invoke Michael to come in and help you with that. But again, on a deeper soul level, You have to be the one to want these things to go away, whatever's causing you trauma. If it's a haunted house, a poltergeist, if it's simply just an evil dead spirit that won't cross over, a playful dead spirit that won't cross over, any other type of entity, I will do more with the demonic and possession in the future. 
But there are different levels of demons, just like there are different levels of angels. Remember, the demonic, the devil was an angel. So we're dealing with similar beings here. So there are levels. And Michael's at your top tier. He's an archangel. So you want him to be able to battle something, especially if you're dealing with God help you. Especially if you're dealing with something that's an upper level demon, which they're out there. Um, typically, the Warrens have referred to them as devils. Or when you start citing demonology, they have a category of their own. They are like archangels, but they are called devils, plural, because they have the most power out of the hierarchy. And that's where our version, Satan, Lucifer, exists in that devils category, just like Michael being an archangel. So that's something you can simply do as well. Not just imagine yourself with the white light, ask God for help, ask Jesus for help. Invoking Jesus is, honestly, it's the most power you have, especially if you mean it. You know, casting them out in Jesus' name. Jesus casted out the devils. He casted out the demonic. He helped the possessed. So he's here too. And Jesus can help you just, again, have to ask. I can feel it right now. I'm getting like, you know, you get the psychic chills when you feel it come over you. It's that feeling of protection. And it's because I'm invoking them. They're probably, they're here right now. Um, so anyway... You just need to know that you are protected. So I don't want to take up this whole video. I am going to do again a video on my past, but there are a few things coming up in our near future. So I wanted to just give give you the prayers because I know I promised you the prayers first. But I have, I was born into a house that was filled with poltergeists, um, the demonic was involved, I've lived in homes and I know it wasn't me, but when you start getting into well, why things happen to you, there's reasons. Um, I've learned so much about the power of God, Jesus, and the archangels, as well as our own power from studying demonology, because the demons are the ones that break the rules. When they do things that they're not allowed to do, it tells, when you start studying demonology, it will give you a greater understanding about what the abilities of the good side are. But the good side, they're not breaking any rules. So they are here to help us always. So I did learn a lot growing up, and that's why I caution you with everything I have to not chase these things down. And there's many different reasons for that. Stay away as much as possible, especially if you're trying to raise your vibration. The intrigue alone is enough to allow something to come in. Your interest, your intrigue. There's actually a really great book. Um, I don't have it right with me right now, but I'll, I'll put it up here. <laughs> the Demonologist was one of the ones that I learned the most from when I read about uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren and that's not where I get all my information. I've had a lot of personal experiences and I've studied many different people. But the Warrens, are they have documented so much with so many different people involved. So you can learn a lot from the demonologist. However, I will caution you because like we talked about in the other videos and when we get more into manifestation, what you think about, you bring about. So there are reasons why in the Conjuring movies that they changed information 
So Lorraine had said, like, the nun, for instance. I'll give you an example. The nun in the Conjuring series. The nun is not real. And it's not because they wanted to lie to you. The Conjuring movies are the ones that are the the real Conjuring movies. The ones that involve the Warrens, Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2. They have the permission of Lorraine and Tony Spira, her son-in-law, is also involved. So much of these movies have been changed from reality. But The Nun was changed on purpose because if Lorraine had given you the real name of the demon in that movie then not only every single time that movie's being played is that demon's name coming up but you're also giving the audience the demon's name which inadvertently they can call into their being so you don't want a part of that I'm only suggesting the book for the people that are interested in demonology to better their understanding or if they're experiencing their own issues or somebody like me who grew up terrified <laughs> so when I became an adult and learned that I was the one that had all the control and all of the power through God and Christ and the angels and myself and I'm no longer afraid that I never I want to be able to share as much as possible with my audience so that they don't have children in their house growing up in fear or they're not afraid for their lives and not able to go back into their house. So it is a real thing. It's do not dabble. I can't stress this enough. But I'm going to get back to this because we got to get to the prayer of exorcism here. I just want to say that if you say the prayer of exorcism, you might have clicked on this for a reason. Maybe you're just simply interested. But really, if you don't know what you're doing, contact somebody that does. There are a lot of people and the church. The church is always training people. Whether you go to a church or not, ask your friends, find out online. There are different people that you can contact. Ralph Sarchi is one of them. He has a Facebook page, but I know that he's probably really busy um, with all of the people that are contacting him, especially since we lost Lorraine and Al Willen, who was also a demonologist who I started to get into contact with before he died, which was so sad. But anyway, the passing of all these people, you really have to start looking around for people that have been in this business for a long time. That can help you. But go to your church first. Unless you know what you're doing, please don't get involved with this. You can do a simple house blessing instead. In that regard, you can use the Psalms that I'm going to give you and the other video, as well as you can do a simple house blessing. Okay, so if you do think that you might have some negative energy in your home or, you know, some residual energy that might be causing some problems or you just feel some negativity, maybe it was left behind from somebody that's come and visited or energy that's just passing through because that happens too. Most times you don't have to worry about the energy that's passing through but spirits come and go. They're around us all the time. And typically they're the ones that are protecting us. There are our guides or there are relatives that have passed over. So you don't really have to worry about it. But a lot of times you might want to do a house blessing when you first move into a place. It's really nice to just cleanse the energy. So instead of just walking around reading the prayer of exorcism, there are other ways that you can get rid of some of the lower level 
entities that might be causing some problems. Like um, some really popular, <laughs> popular one is they call them shadow demons. You know, it's funny because kids get picked on all the time for saying that there's a shadow in the in the in my room or, you know, things like that. But they call it, they're lower level demons like sprites. They cause problems. They're just they get into things and they cause issues. And they say honestly that they're scared away. They're so lower level that you can kick them out just by turning a light on in the room. And that's why they're called shadow demons. So a lot of times this energy is just super easy to get rid of. So you don't even have to worry about it. But remember, you have to be the homeowner. I've blessed other people's houses before. It will work if the homeowners <laughs> want whatever is there to leave because they're the ones that own the house. So remember, you're in charge of your own being in your own body. If you have children or animals, you are in charge of helping to protect them until they achieve, I guess, a certain, until they reach a certain age where they're able to do it themselves. But for the most part, your spouse is going to have to protect themselves. It's the same rules as we have for alternative healing. I cannot heal anyone that doesn't want to be healed. Now, consciously, they're like, Liz, yes, I want this to go away. But on a subconscious soul level, remember, we all have our journeys that are pre, to some degree, some of it is predetermined when we sign soul contracts or come into this life. And I'll go into this again later. I got to do another video on this. But for the most part, sometimes we don't understand why we're going through something or why, you know, we have an illness. We don't consciously get it. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes. We're meant to learn lessons here. If you hear stuff moving around, it's because I got cats. They're just a little crazy when mommy videotapes herself. So anyway, getting back to house blessings, if you just simply want to clear some negative energy. You can use sage or smudge sticks. It's a Native American tradition. I talked about this and ways that you can raise your vibrational frequency. This is a large one. They're all different sizes. You would burn this throughout the house. I say prayers and that's why the Psalms are important or saying your own personal blessing for your home. I usually use a plate, but you see people getting creative online and they want to use like a shell because it looks cooler, sure, go for it. But I'll tell you, it's really difficult to try to bless and keep this thing lit and making sure that everything that falls off from it goes into the shell or I would use a big plate. It's a lot easier. You can put it on top of the plate. This thing's falling apart just while I'm holding it because I haven't used it. I'm going to put it back in the bag. But when you smudge a house, if you didn't watch my other video, or an apartment you can even if you're in an apartment with multiple floors if you're in a motel room it doesn't matter i wouldn't recommend smudging a hotel room or a motel room just because of fire alarms and issues with fire but just know that remember your energy that white light is enough to drive them away in most cases in prayer 
But if you want to do the smudging, remember, start on the lowest floor, work your way up. I like to get it everywhere. I go into closets just to get the smoke in there. And it's the sage. It's the smell of the sage just drives them out. The Catholic priests will use incense, and it's very similar in that regard for driving out negative spirits. So start with the lowest floor, work your way up. Uh, if, it, if it's an apartment, I usually start in the corner that's farthest away from the door, the main entrance, and then I work myself out. I will caution you as well, turn off those fire alarms for different reasons. You might have an issue with the sage setting off the fire alarms, but if you open the windows, you're typically fine. But because spirit tends to show itself in easy ways, like with electricity and making lights go out, they use fire alarms all the time. So I would just take all the batteries out. And if it goes off without the battery, you might need to use that prayer of exorcism. But I'm telling you right now, just take it out. I've had my own issues where at a friend's house, I, for instance, I got to the top floor and we were going up into the attic and it was the last place for this entity to be before I had forced it out of the house. And just as I said something, it's the, the fire alarm went off above my head. It was, it was a really weird, funky experience. I, all I did was touch the fire alarm. It went off and then I didn't even pull it down. Um, and then I think it had gone off again when I had mentioned that that's what I thought it was, a spirit causing the problems because it didn't want to leave the house. So smudging typically lasts six months to a year. So you might want to do this, especially if you think that you have a problem or something that might want to come back. You might want to do this every six months. I would just do it to be safe. If it's something that you just want to keep your house clean of negative energy and protect yourself, it's helpful. Like I said, though, after the shift, things have started to change, so we don't have to protect ourselves as actively as prior to the shift because naturally our vibrations are all raising. The Earth's vibration is raising. Remember, our vibrational frequency raising is naturally allowing more of the white light in. So it is helpful with being able to protect yourself just simply by using that white light and imagining it surrounding you. But the sage is good, too. If you want to do your yard, that helps as well. I can't even begin to tell you about how many stories there are about people who have died on land, people who killed themselves. Maybe there's a lot that I know that has happened on land where spirits still need to be crossed over, don't want to leave, and they're connected to the land. If you have that type of issue, yeah smudge the whole damn property, get them out. But remember, push them out. So you want to, you don't want to start from the edge of your land in, just like the basement up, you want to work it out so that this way it's gone and away from the land. And say your prayers as you're doing it, you know, just everything you throw in there is, is going to help. So you know, you want to have some smudge sticks, you want to have some prayer, you want to just add everything in, you got the white light, you're ready to go. Hey everyone, Liz Lovegood here. I wanted to thank you personally for listening to this podcast. If you could take a few moments to subscribe and rate this podcast, it would be extremely helpful in helping this podcast grow.
Also, if you could share this with others, it would be very helpful as well. If you would like more information about the topics presented or if you would like to reach out, check us out at lovegoodholistic.com where I will be posting the videos of the podcast that you're listening to. My email information and contact information is up there as well. So again, that's lovegoodholistic.com. And if you really want to support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, you can go to the link in the descriptor below, which is anchor.fm slash connected 5D slash support. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoy. So the other thing that I wanted to tell you as well, I brought up in the other video that you could use selenite in your home to help you. Selenite looks like this. It's in all different forms and shapes. They have some really cool shapes. You can get these. This one I bought on a string, and you can hang them by your windows, your entrances. Selenite's good for protection against dark entities, so it's nice to have. They say you can buy little slivers of it that you can put underneath your pillow, and it's supposed to help you with bad dreams. I keep selenite lamps next to my bed and in my bedroom, and this is a selenite lamp. They tend to be more pricey than the Himalayan salt lamps, which is the one that I got in the corner here. I have a white one. I like the white. It just matches everything, so <laughs> I get the white. But the selenite lamps are really nice. They don't even, you don't even have to have it lit up, but the, it makes a nice little night light if you have kids or even yourself. I'll tell you, ever since I learned about shadow demons or growing up with darkness around me, I sleep with a light on all the time. No shame. <laughs> so selenite's really good to have. The Actually, before I get to this next one, the other thing that they say is very helpful is to use olive oil so after a blessing because remember you want to bless the house first push everything negative out and this is something else that will help you just like selenite by your windows or having religious relics in the house that helps too i don't have it with me but you can use olive oil to anoint your entrances so all you have to do is put a little bit on your finger and you know, the more prayers you say, the better. You, I mean, you can say a prayer with this too, or a blessing, or you can just simply ask God to help protect your home. And you can put a little in each corner of every door, of every window of the house, of every way for something to get in. Obviously, we know that spirits exist in a different dimensional plane. They don't need doors or windows. However, that being said, it's it's still very helpful to do it because you're in that case, you're telling them no, you need to stay out. So by putting it by your doors and your windows, you're again, keeping it out. You're not allowing it in. I have this weird tell for me when I used to protect my homes. I used to have these dreams right before you wake up, you know, because... Those are the dreams that your soul's giving yourself to remember. It's almost like a message from your from the other side or for yourself. Anyway, dreams before I woke up. I used to, every once in a while, I would have a dream where my door was open. Never a window, always a door. And that case, that was my guides or myself, my higher self, my spirit guides telling me that I needed to re-protect my home, that a door was open, a way in was 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 there and available so 
just pay attention to some of those signs and symbols you're going to get along the way, but use whatever you got in your arsenal to protect yourself from anything negative, any sort of negative entity. The other thing that you can do, and this is going to look wicked strange, but you can create your own holy water. Isn't this awesome? This looks terrible because it's in an old Victoria's Secret body spray bottle. But at the time when I needed to use it, I didn't have time to like run out to the store and get myself an empty spray bottle. I was actually going to bless a friend's house and I thought about this on the fly because I had learned how to make my own holy water. So I will put up some directions as to how to make your own holy water below. It's quite simple. You just need to have some blessed salt. You can bless the salt yourself. You do not need a priest. You can communicate with God and the divine and ask for their, their help to bless the salt. Not just that. Salt on its own that's not blessed is still going to protect you from the demonic. It's something that chases the demonic away. That is something that is true. You know, when they used to... You see in movies where people would put a circle of salt around themselves for protection. Salt naturally repels the demonic. So using salt water to throw on a possessed person would naturally cause them to react. So the blessing is just extra help on top of that. I think I added I added sage leaves and sage oil and that that's the color. I really did wash this bottle out so it's not like perfume in there. And then I blessed it again once it was all in the bottle. But I will give you all the directions, including the prayers that you need to say to bless the salt and bless the holy water. Again, just if I can include it all in the description below, it'll be there. Otherwise, I'll give you a link to my website where I'll definitely have all of this available. And that's at lovegoodholistic.com. But again, I'll just, I'll put this all in the description and then this way you know how to create your own holy water. And I can always do a video on this later just for the sake of time. I'm going to let you know that you can do this on your own. And when I did use this in the blessings, I sprayed every corner. So I had help because when I bless other people's houses, remember the other person that owns the house actually has to be the one to get the things to go away. So I couldn't carry everything myself, like the sage, the the, the holy water, the Bible. But again, you can have other people help you too or just go slowly and bring everything with you. But I sprayed every corner, you know, of the house as I went through. So instead of just using the olive oil to anoint the different corners of the house or the entrances, I used the salt water too. If I felt negative energy coming from something, I would spray that as well. But use your own discernment with this. And again, just only practice what you're ready for, what you're comfortable with, and get help if you need help. Like honestly, ask friends, ask family, ask the church. You're not going to sound crazy. There are tons of Facebook pages out there. The Warren's Occult page is available on Facebook. There are a lot of people that you can get in contact with that can help you or put you in the right direction with people that can help you. So you just have to look for who you can get in touch with online. So yeah, holy water and salt, that's another good thing. So quite honestly, the best way that you can protect yourself, protect your family, protect your animals, and never have a problem with the demonic is to just not mess around with it. <laughs> I know it sounds um, silly, 
But most people inadvertently invite the demonic and dark entities into their life. They do it not knowingly, just because they're dabbling with things that they do not understand. So there are different ways that you can invite the demonic into your life. Remember, this is your body. Nothing can inhabit it that you don't want there. Your soul is in this body and it is your body. So you can get rid of whatever is coming at you. Same thing with your property and things that you own personally. So you would think it's very simple to get rid of these things, but it can be more complicated than you think. So typically those that are intrigued by the occult, occult practices, they're the ones that typically invite entities in by accident because they start playing around with things that they think are games or, you know, just some fun. And it's really not a lot of fun in the end. Not lots of fun for you, but fun for those little meddling spirits, the dark entities, and ultimately the demonic. So there are different stages of possession. Infestation is the beginning stages and that begins because people are exposed to dark energy or residual dark energy in a place or an object. So you could go somewhere, like I said, whether you intend to go to a place that is occupied by some sort of demonic entity or dark entity, or let's say you don't intend and you just sort of happen to go to your friend's house and not realize that there are dark entities in the home or cemeteries, places where spirits don't usually hang around there. When you're dealing with something dark or demonic, there might be reasons why they're in cemeteries. A lot of times, I know at least with Union Cemetery and the cemeteries in Connecticut, with satanic practices and the occult, a lot of times they use cemeteries for sacrifice. It's something like, ooh, spooky, evil, stupid. So anyway, that's why you could end up with some issues there if you didn't want them in the first place. But typically it could just be that you end up at the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's actually pretty great because those are the easier ones that you can get rid of because you never asked for them in the first place. They just sort of tagged along with you because they wanted to cause some problems. So they hopped in the car with you and went home with you or they followed you home. Not to get you scared, but those are the easier ones to get rid of. Sometimes you could touch an object. So you might like going antiquing. Well, that's super great. Except a lot of times there are attachments to objects. That's why they say there are haunted objects. It's not that the demonic entity has hopped into this demonic object. It's usually like with the Annabelle doll. I'll give you an example. The demon that was causing the problems with the Annabelle doll didn't just hop into Annabelle and take over the doll's body. The demon used the doll by manipulating the doll. So it's not that it takes over the object, it's that it's using the object, it's attached to the object. So sometimes when you touch the object or an object that has been used in satanic practices or different occult practices or magical practices that are dark, you could be taking that dark energy with you. So that's another way that the demonic can enter your life. And typically, honestly, you're not going to be using prayers of exorcism for anything but the demonic because everything else you can just shoo away. Shoo, shoo, shoo. You don't need to be there. You can do that with natural prayer, with intent, and with forcing things away. 
it's the darker stuff that you need help with. So just these are the ways it's kind of nice to be aware of how these things can come into your life. So again, touching something that's been haunted, going places, you know, these energies are just frequenting or hanging around at. Also, this is really sad, but this is where I've found a lot of possession and dark things happening because of this. If something evil was done to you, and after studying psychology, it's really difficult because typically these are the things that we don't remember. A lot of times it's something that happened in childhood or in your teenage years that you just sort of black out. So you don't remember that something evil was done to you or you were used in an evil practice. That allows the demonic into that person's life. I'll get into this more later because I have some of my own theories revolving around this. A lot of times, especially, it's sad when they talk about children that have been molested. A lot of times what happens is the child, their soul will just return come out of the body. Remember, when you're not in the body, you're not feeling the pain, you're not as much pain, you're, you're really just trying to get out and leave. In that case, sometimes you're letting something else in inadvertently, but it's something evil that was done to you. And I know that you can't wrap your head around all of this right now, but that is a way that the demonic can be let in. And it doesn't have to be that you are a child, but Many times you see this manifesting in adulthood and teenage years because of something that happened to a child. The teenage years are when you're under the most attack. That's when you are up for game. You are approaching adulthood. You're making your own decisions. A lot of times if you were brought up in the church, that's when you start to pull away from the church. You're not as grounded in adulthood to be making the proper decisions with your life. You're easily influenced. You're influenced by others, by demonic entities. Remember, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, spirits, angels, God, Jesus, they everybody communicates with you through telepathy. So you get confused sometimes and you think that they're your own thoughts, but they are not your thoughts always. And we want only the good thoughts coming in from the other side, not the negative. But sadly, teenagers are easy targets. It's a good time for the demonic to get in. And it's a good way to get in, get their foothold in somebody's life for a long period of time. So just know that that's another way that somebody could become possessed when something bad was done to them. Physical harm, you know, just there's, I don't even want to get into it. There's a lot. Or they witnessed something that was extremely terrible that somehow evil came in. But just know that those are some ways. Another way that you could end up with a demonic attachment or a demon in your life is through being cursed. Remember, we did talk about in Ways to Raise Your Vibrational Frequency, the words that come out of our mouths with intent. Yes, you can curse somebody with intent in how often you do it. So you could typically be cursed. You might even be cursed, again, inadvertently, because somebody who's extremely stupid and doesn't know what they're doing is meddling with something they don't know anything about. So they curse you because they think that it's a game and they think that it's funny. But at the end of the day, those curses are real. So it depends on how much power you give them. If it's somebody meddling that curses you, it might be less of a problem, which is great. But there are also very dark people out there. 
dark humans that are practicing some dark stuff. Not like your local, let's be a cool kid and join a satanic church. That's not really what that is. The real Satan worshipers are the people that you don't know about. They're the churches that stay hidden for years. They're the people that are prominent in your community, that are your neighbors that you would never know about. They're not people that wear black hoodies and walk around and paint their face and go to the church of Satan around the corner. They have their own issues. But the real Satan worshipers, the real people with power, hide it from you. Those are the ones you have to worry about, as well as dark witchcraft practicers. Um, but just know that that's another way that you could have the demonic enter your life. Did you ask for it? No. So in that case, being cursed again is another easy way to just get rid of them because you did not want any part of that. But it's recognizing the fact that you were cursed. You don't have to know who did it. You just have to get rid of it. So these are easy ways if something happened to you like that that you can get rid of. You didn't ask for it. The other part of this as well is if the demonic has gotten a hold of somebody that you know, maybe very well. What you don't know about possession is that it's not like the exorcist. It is not like what you normally see. There are stages of possession, but typically I would say the run-of-the-mill possessed these demons come and they go a lot of times throughout a person's life. So you might not even know you could be married to somebody and then all of a sudden the damn thing comes back. But then it'll go again and it comes and it goes and it causes problems because it's a game to them. They hate us. They don't. That's their goal. They want to kill us. So ultimately with a person, what you might see eventually is they try to ruin the person. So they do that in many different ways. It's a playful game. Typically with the person they are possessing, they're breaking their body down. So eventually they'll have some sort of, some sort of organ will just give up. And so like they'll have a heart attack or it's an easy way that looks natural that they'll kill somebody. But to really hurt somebody, you know, they take away the things that they love or that they have or their support big time. So a lot of times money, they end up desolate in the side of the road, homeless. They take away their family. They cause problems with the family. In this case, this is where you could also be affected by the demonic. It's not anything that you asked for consciously, but you are involved with or around someone that a demon has been invited into that person's life and that person is affected by it, so the demon might cause you harm to hurt the person. So I'll give you another for instance in regards to this. I need to study more on this, but I'm going to throw this out there. I haven't studied it too much, so I don't want to say that it's fact. But um, we can dot the I's and cross the T's and put everything together, and it does make some sort of sense. So I'm going to use this as an example. If this is true, again, I'm not going to say that it is true, but there's enough evidence to kind of say that it could be connected somehow. And all of this might not be true, but only some of it needs to be true to be correct. But I'll give you a well-known case. Roman Polanski directed Rosemary's Baby. If you're not familiar with it, uh, Rosemary gets pregnant with the seed of Satan in, in the movie. It's been a long time since I saw it. But anyway, Roman Polanski casted 
Anton LaFay to play the devil in Rosemary's Baby. Now, who was Anton LaFay? So Anton LaVey started the Church of Satan in 1966 in California. And as far as we know, there were a lot of Hollywood folk that attended this Church of Satan. And this was one of the real churches of Satan, the real bad churches of Satan. Since then, you can call it conspiracy theory or what have you, but Hollywood has been entrenched with satanic practices and people involved with all of this. I'll get into this more when we start talking. I'll Maybe I'll do a video on uncovering some of this stuff in regards to what is real and what has been deemed some sort of cover-up. And it's really just because the CIA is actually involved with a lot of this stuff. But anyway, uh, Roman Polanski casted Anton LaVey in Rosemary's Baby. Now, we could say there's a chance that Polanski had gone to the Church of Satan and that's how he knew about Anton LaVey. However, it's, if he didn't go, doesn't matter. He chose to cast this priest of the Satanic Church as the devil in Rosemary's Baby. Whether he had gone to the Satanic Church or practiced Satanism himself doesn't matter. He still chose this evil person to portray the devil in his movie. So he's inviting evil in somehow. If he did attend the church, if he was involved with satanic practices, again, I'm saying if because I don't know any of this for a fact, but again, sometimes you can make assumptions, doesn't mean that it's true. But if he were somehow involved, what happens with the demonic, a lot of times when you start studying demonology, you don't have to be a Satan worshiper to make a pact with a demon. Many times people do this, again, because they're meddling or they're at their wit's end. Somehow they ask for it. They ask for help. And this is where you can ask a demon for a favor. And then all of a sudden you owe the demon. So it's almost like the idea of, it is, it's like the idea of selling your soul. So you're asking for something in return for you know, whatever it is that you're going to be given. Riches, maybe I'll be famous, maybe I'll be a famous actress or a famous director one day, or I'll be given this and I'll be given that, or my worst enemy will be taken out. Again, that using the demonic to curse somebody else. So again, I'm not saying that this was true. I just, I find it interesting that the man who casted LaVey as the devil lost his wife and his unborn baby, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate was killed by Charles Manson's cult gang, whatever you want to call them, that killed her and her unborn baby. Now, I'm using real people here as a hypothetical, if this all tied together, but in essence, this is what the demonic would do. It's payback. So how best can you hurt somebody? Many people will throw themselves in front of a bus to save their family members. The demonic know this. So they know the best ways that they can get to somebody for their comeuppance or their payback. Or, hey, possibly Polanski wasn't involved at all. Maybe he was cursed or maybe none of this actually happened. But if the demonic were involved the sacrifice of Tate and the baby to get to Polanski is his comeuppance if he were to have done something and made a pact somehow with someone or the devil. 
Or if Polanski, let's say, were cursed, the demonic could go after his family to hurt him. So again, these are just, I'm kind of giving you examples of ways that the demonic can come into your life. But typically the worst way is inviting it in, whether you do that on purpose or not, because that's the hardest way that you're ever going to come across when you have to exercise a demon from a body because you need the person's permission. If you've watched, I think it was that movie, Emily Rose. It's been so long since I saw this too. She was possessed and Mary had come to her in a dream or a vision and had said something to the effect, again, it's been a while since I saw it, but had said something to the effect that she had a choice. She could live and whatever was possessing her could leave her body or she could choose like a martyr to stay possessed knowing that in some future moment her story would bring light to the reality that the devil does exist. That's his greatest trick is proving to humanity that he doesn't when in fact he does or his evil henchmen do everybody that's you know dark on the other side and there are some other interlying facts but if you're looking to this channel so you can learn more about the prayer of exorcism then, then you're probably of the camp of devil and demons so just knowing that if this is your religious belief your religious truth and these are things that are bothering you and harming you that there are ways through God and Christ that you can get rid of them Hey everyone, Liz Lovegood here. Thank you for watching or listening, depending on what platform you're viewing this on. And also, be sure to check out Must Watch Before Reciting the Prayer of Exorcism, Part 2, Demonology and Spiritual Protection. I did break this video up into two sections so that it would be easier for you to watch or listen to. So the second part will be coming shortly as well as the prayer of exorcism and psalms that you can use for spiritual protection, as well as the prayer of St. Michael. So until then, stay safe and consider subscribing so that YouTube will share this content with others. So please like, share, and subscribe, as well as follow if you're listening to this on our podcast. Again, thank you. I really appreciate you so much. Love and light, Liz Lovegood.